Hey, all right, grab, grab your Bibles. Matthew chapter 16. Uh, we wanna, we're just continuing this series called Becoming, and we're asking the question, Lord, as we come out of the cocoon of the quarantine season, what are you asking us to emerge as? And that's been kind of the heartbeat behind this series, and we're going to continue on uh, from that, uh, that discussion um, this morning. And so uh, Matthew chapter 16, how many of you guys, how many of you guys um, have like sports teams that you are like super fan of. Like you've got a team, it's your team. Raise your hand real quick. Raise your hand. If you guys are online, you can just like even let us know in the chat like who your team is. Everybody got teams that they support. So um, I love sports. It's one of the one of the things that I enjoy getting to watch. And of course it's it's gone away over this season, so it feels really tragic. But um, one of my my fav- favorite teams is uh, my alma mater, the school I went to, Texas Tech University. And they are, uh, Texas Tech by far uh, and large is known as just being kind of categorically mediocre at everything. So basically they're sort of okay at all the stuff, but by the grace of God and somehow through I think what feels like a move of the Holy Spirit, the men's basketball team was in the national championship last year. Never happened before, never seen anything like it. And so what I found myself, so I, I was getting my, I got my kids and we were just, we were super excited about this and watching the game and, 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 and they kept winning and it was the craziest thing. And so what I, I would say is, you know, I'm like, you know, texting and on the phone, I'm like, we're in the sweet 16. And then we're in the elite, we're in the final four. Oh my gosh, I can't believe we're in the championship game. And of course, just side note, they were almost going to win. And then the game got tied and they lost in overtime. So I'm not crushed about it. I'm going to get over it. It's okay. I'll work through it. But, but what I kept saying is we are in the game. We, like we're in this game. And then it kind of dawned on me at some point in time, we aren't in the championship game. They are in the championship game, but I wasn't there. Like I, I literally, I didn't go to any of the games. I mean, I got to watch from a distance. And um, but we, as something that we use as fans, when we feel like we're a part of something, but the truth is, is we're not actually a part of something, right? So it's nice to be a fan, but a fan, being a fan, doesn't make us a part of the team. Doesn't actually make us. And what's critically important, even as we think about. Jesus and who he is, is there's this huge temptation to be great, to be excited, even radical fans of Jesus. Here's the problem. Jesus isn't looking for fans. He's looking for followers. He's calling for and he's searching for followers, not fans. Matthew chapter 16, I want you just to look at this. Scripture, Jesus is speaking to his disciples, but there's many people around and here's what he says. Jesus tells his disciples, if anyone would come after me, then he ha- let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Now, before we just un- unpack this, let's talk through the rhythm of Jesus' ministry because here's what Jesus did in his time and his ministry 
uh, on this earth is that he would go from town to town and from people group to people group and he would go and he'd begin to teach in ways that people had never heard before. He began to share truth that was totally radically different than the religious people at the time and he was giving concepts and truths and ideas that literally people had never heard of and he was turning the world upside down so he would go and he would teach these things but then he would minister to people and he would speak life over people and he would minister to the poor and needy that also that had been outcast and he would cross racial lines and he would cross people lines and he would go into towns and he began to speak and give dignity to women in a way that literally had never been dignified in all of human history and all of the sudden People are getting turned around and, and they're being lit up by what Jesus is doing. He's ministering. He's healing those that are sick. He's confronting disease. He's on the move and, and the crowds are beginning to follow him. They're, they're seeing who he is and what he's doing. And then he would come to these unique moments where he's got this massive following. And then They'd all be ready to see what's the next thing he's going to do and what's the next way he's going to heal and what's the next truth he's going to give. All very excited about it. And then he would look into their eyes and he would say things just like this. But if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Matthew chapter 10, so you can just go back a few other chapters. Who is, now, and this is amazing. You know, we're celebrating Father's Day, and we love parents and we love kids, but Jesus makes a really radical statement. You want to hear what he says? Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. You feel the weight of these words. John chapter six, he's got a huge crowd. And he looks at them and he says, hey, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Jesus grabs these unique moments to make very sure that it could be the easiest thing in the world to be a fan of Jesus. But Jesus wasn't looking for fans. He's looking for followers. And that it was going to mean something completely different. That he would say, hey, I'm, I'm not just calling to you, but this is the command. I want you to follow me. Now, listen, in 2020, we don't really love commands or demands. We don't like anyone telling us what to do or where to go or how to do it, right? That's not kind of the MO in 2020, and so it feels a little weighty. But one of the central truths we see from Scripture is that wherever God demands or commands something, he is leading you and I to life. That's what he's doing, that the demands of God are actually invitations into his greatness, and so when he throws these things out there to deny yourself and to take up your cross, the weight of what it means to follow him, we get a, ch a chance to feel that. But what he's saying is, listen, I'm not okay with you being on the outside 
to being in the stands and cheering loudly without coming in, meaning I want you to be a part of the team because it's here that there is life. This is the place for us to experience life. In fact, Jesus actually says here in this statement, this is the crux of the comment. If you want life, right? Meaning peace and passion and purpose and dignity and honor, all the things that every one of us searches in a hundred different ways for. If this is what you're wanting to experience, then I want you to know something. If you're looking for life, you'll find it when you give it away for my sake. That I have more life to give to you than you could ever clamor for uh, in your own, uh, on your own schedule and in your own way. Jesus knows, um, I, I love this because here's, here's what he, he says, and this is what's amazing. As Jesus makes this qualifier, he says, hey, if anyone, anyone. So he's looking at the poor and the rich. He's looking at the Middle Eastern Jew and he's looking at the Mediterranean Greek. And he's saying, hey, if anyone would follow after me, anyone, meaning I'm calling all, everyone gets access to this if you're willing. But if you're willing, if you want to find life, then you've got to begin to give it to me. Give me your life. And of course, the, the implication here is to saying, listen, yes, listen, yes, I'm gonna do amazing things in you. Yes, I can do amazing things through you. Yes, without question, but not if you stay on the outside. That it will be the easiest thing in the world to cheer from a distance or sing the songs from a distance or go, you preach, preacher, that sounds awesome. I love the concepts and I love the truths, but to be a fan, but to never actually enter in. I think one of the greatest traps that we experience is that we allowed the guys that, who often stand on the platform to be the ones that are leading the charge when Jesus said, listen, every one of us was meant to be a part of this. You're called to come in. You're not supposed to be on the sidelines. You're meant to be in the game. I'm not looking for fans. I'm looking for followers who are dialed in and stepping into this. You can listen to all the music. You can listen to the messages. But at some point in time, Jesus says, if you want to follow me, then you've got to turn your hands over. And in this moment, he says, and to deny yourself and to pick up your cross, which just historically, a, a first century Jew knew exactly what it meant to pick up their cross. And of course, we got to get insight into it because often, those that were going to go to the cross had to carry their cross. We saw Jesus himself have to carry his own cross. The Jews knew exactly what he was talking about, that there was a weight to this following him, this idea of what it means to be in the team and a part of the team. And Jesus says, but this is what's at stake. Life the very thing that every one of us hungers for. And again, it doesn't matter your station in life. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what your color is. It doesn't matter how much money you make. Every one of us is wanting to experience and Jesus is able to look at everyone and say, anyone, doesn't matter your station, doesn't matter where you're at, doesn't matter where you live, you have access to this. But you've got to be willing to follow me. Because you and I know this. And of course, we've seen this in Hollywood or and you can have all the vacations and you can have all the dollars and you can have all the influence and you can have 
all of the things, you can have all of the status, and you can have all of that and not actually have life. And we've all been there, tried to pursue many of those things ourselves, and we've all found it's never enough to satisfy. And we know that all of those things can dry up in an instant. That all of those things, while none of those things are wrong, vacations and, 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 and jobs and, and friendships and relationships and all those things, they're great. They can all be great blessings, but those in and of themselves cannot give us life. And so Jesus is willing to say, hey, I'm gonna do amazing things in your life, but I want you to hear this. You're more than a fan. It's, it's your call, that you have more in you than staying on the sidelines. And so the temptation then becomes, okay, we ask the question, well, what do we have to do? What do we do? If I'm gonna be a follower, what do I have to do? And this is where I love, this is where Jesus is so good because he puts the brakes on. He says, this isn't about doing, this is about being. Because the kind of following I'm looking for is not a group of people who know the rules to do the do's and don'ts, but Jesus is looking for something deeper. See, Jesus' followers walk in a relationship, not rules. Jesus' followers walk with him in a relationship. They're coming alongside him to understand who he is and what he does, right? That Listen, there's so, there are gonna be so many places where the Lord's calling us to obey, not, not to question him, but, but Jesus is saying, hey, listen, I can give you the list of the do's and don'ts, but that's not what I'm asking for. In fact, the religious leaders of the days had boxed people in and asking the do's and don'ts. And he's saying, no, I want you to come in and have life. I want you to come and experience relationship with me, to walk with me, to experience what it means to know my voice, right? This, what does Jesus say? He says, I'm the good shepherd and my sheep hear my voice. I'm the shepherd and my sheep hear my voice. The father's calling for relationship. He's not looking for a bunch of people who do the do's and don'ts. He's looking for people to interact. That's what it means to be in the game. I love Ephesians chapter one. It's literally a prayer over the church. Prayer over the church and it goes like this. Ephesians one says, I keep asking, this is Paul praying for the church. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious father may give you the spirit of wisdom and a revelation so that you may know him better. I'm gonna say this, the chief pursuit of the follower of Jesus is not to do the things, but to know him deeply. It's in the knowing. It's in the knowing him that God does the work of transformation in us and through us. All the way. Secondly, listen, Jesus' followers are all in. They're all in. He's calling them to be all in, right? And we know and we understand all in, okay? When uh, many of you were married, you got to stand up on a platform like this and you stood across from someone, you looked them in the eyes and then you said, hey, I'm gonna love you through what? Sickness and health and all the ups and all the downs, Right? Meaning nobody stood at the altar to be like, hey, I'm gonna love you unless it kind of gets weird and then you get sick or unless I find somebody cuter, 
but other than that, I'm with you, right? There's, that wasn't, that's not the call, right? There's no one standing. Everybody understands the nature of all-in relationships, and this is the nature of what we get, right? When we have kids, all of you fathers, right? We got kiddos. The kiddos are amazing, and you love them, and you hug them, and then they have their kind of rough days, right? You don't take your kid to Target and like, I need to exchange the kid here because it's not really working out. No, we're all in with the kids, right? You might feel like that. No, I'm just kidding. You don't feel like that. But hey, that's what we do. Say we're all in. I'm all in with you and I'm going the the full distance with you. No matter how uh, rough your day is, I'm with you and I'm in this. So this is what Jesus calls us to is this place of just saying, hey, I'm all in. God, meaning meaning this, whatever, whenever, wherever. God, we want to say yes to you. That's the prayer and the cry of our heart. God, would you do that, right? Because following Jesus, being a Jesus follower means that we're becoming more like him every day. That all in is what actually allows us on those days where, let's be honest, our journey with Christ is often, sometimes it feels like two steps forward, sometimes six steps back. And there's a grind, and there's a difficulty, and there's some, sometimes it doesn't feel like maybe we feel all in and that we can't always measure the progress. This is what Jesus says. He, literally here in the scripture, if you'll follow after me, then take up your cross for my sake and walk with me. What does it say? Daily. We're just in this thing with you each and every day. This is what Jesus is saying. I'm with you. And the beauty is, is that Jesus loves the dark days. Jesus is not afraid of your dark days he certainly is not afraid of your struggle, that whatever it is, Jesus shows up for it. In fact, actually what we get to see from scripture is this. Jesus loves the days where there's struggle because it says, when you find yourself weak, that's where my power is made perfect. My power is on display on your hardest days. So if you're in this thing with me as a follower, this isn't about your perfection. This isn't about your ability to have it all figured out. The question is, do you love me enough to walk with me daily in a relationship, to be dialed in with who I am and what I'm doing? Do you treasure me because I have loved you with an everlasting love and I'm not afraid of your struggle? And I love that about Jesus because he's just not afraid. Not afraid of the struggle. In fact, he's ready to exhibit his power in the struggle. And so the question is then, how do we get in the game, all right? What does it look like for us to do that? And I just wanna, I just have a couple of questions I'm gonna allow us to just sit in and then we're gonna just finish um, just declaring worship to Jesus. A couple of things. So there's two things that Jesus says here in the text. Here's what he says. Deny yourself and then to take up your cross. So when he says deny yourself, I think this is what this means, is us beginning to ask the question, what appetites do I have? What appetites do I have that dull my connection with God? You guys put that on the screen for me. What appetites do I have that dull my connection with God? This is the core question we get to ask. If we want to move from fandom into following, what are the things that I hunger for or hunger after that often take away? Unless it could be any number of things. It could be entertainment. It could be Netflix. It could be, ironically, sports. Even as we were talking about the idea of being a fan, it could be food, it could be relationships or acceptance from someone, or it could be a hundred different things. But this is the question we want to begin to ask ourselves. What appetites do I have that dull my connection with the Lord? When Jesus says, deny yourself, 
What is he asking? What are the things that keep me from hungering for you? And then secondly, what does it mean to take up your cross? We ask the question, what are the attitudes I'm carrying that are stealing from my peace with God? What attitudes am I carrying that steal from my peace with God? Meaning this, what are the things? Is there anything in you that is stealing from your ability to have peace with him? Meaning, are there places in your heart that it kept you blocked off. Maybe it's an area of unforgiveness. Maybe it's an area of bitterness or lingering anger. Or there's a jealousy that you've been experiencing. But are there any attitudes in you? Are there anything in me? I ask this question. That keep me from being able to walk fully and wholly and alive with Jesus. When he says, hey, take up your cross Here's what he's actually saying. He's looking and saying, let's make the exchange. Make the exchange. Or, or maybe a better way to put it, so maybe you, be, you might be struggling with unforgiveness. Here's what he would say. The unforgiveness or the jealousy or whatever that is you're carrying, would you make the exchange? He's like, he's asking us to, to put that down and to pick up our cross. And here's the irony of when Jesus asks us to take, our take up our cross. What's the promise? He says that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What Jesus is saying is, hey, the unforgiveness that you're carrying is 10,000 times heavier than the cross that you have to carry in me. That the things that we tend to carry in this life that steal from our peace with God are often keeping us from experiencing that life and it's way heavier and so Jesus is saying ironically to carry his cross carry our cross is to be able to say Lord I'm letting go of the things that are weighing me down Jesus would say listen you can handle carrying your cross because my power is with you so you guys here stand with me we're just going to finish with this you can put your stuff down and Father, we want to be present before you because we know that you're building a community here that are full of followers. Not just fans who stay on the exterior, but followers who come in, who are willing to deal with the appetites that keep us from seeing and hearing your voice. you're putting together, you're bringing a people together that are eager to lay down the junk that we tend to carry to make the exchange for this cross in you. To take up our cross means to let go and lay down the weights and the burdens that we often carry. And I'm asking God that would you give us supernatural ability to lay that down. And so just even as we finish here, would you just be willing to be honest with the Lord? I'm not gonna have you raise your hand or even come forward or any of those kind of things, but just right where you're at. If there is any appetite that is dulling just your sense of being able to hear God's voice and connect with him, would you just be honest with him about it? Say, Lord, would you give me grace to lay it aside?
or if you find yourself with any attitude that is disruptive, causing you to feel weighted down, separated from Jesus, would you just ask? Say, Lord, help me make this exchange. We want to make these exchanges with you, God. We don't want to carry our own things. We want to deny the parts of us that keep us from you. We want to pick up the things that you're calling us to carry, trusting that in you, your yoke is easy and your burden is light, and you walk with us, you empower us to move. We don't want to stay on the sidelines. We want to move in. Father, we're asking that you would do these things in us. Father, we love you. I pray that you would lead us faithfully. We're just gonna hear, we're gonna worship here in this moment. As you're worshiping, would you just make that exchange freshly with the Lord? Maybe you did that yesterday, but it's just time to make another exchange with the Lord. And say, God, I'm giving you these things that keep me from you so that I might walk with you, follow you, and have true life.